Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now coming up this week, it's a bit of a funny week with a long bank holiday weekend. But being on call has meant I've had to prioritise a few jobs. So I thought I'd share my system for prioritising certain jobs. And I've also had a question on how gardening can be expensive and how we can make it cheaper. Got a few ideas for that. That's coming up in just a moment. But first, let's find out what I've been up to over this last week. It is Saturday the 4th of June 2022 today and I am in my back garden. Now you might be thinking, hang on, you've just said it's Saturday Richard. Thursday and Friday was a bank holiday here in the UK so surely you had two days off work. And you're not wrong, it has been a bank holiday but I started on call on Friday right through for this next week so I only really had Thursday off and because I knew that was the only day I had off this week effectively I had a project that I just had to get out and do on Thursday and that was basically I had to build an extension to our chicken run now I have had an omelette eglu go for about two years now fantastic chicken coop great house for the chicken coop to run but it only had a two meter by one meter run Although it's been very secure, I'm a big fan of the omelette range. With the lockdowns that we've had over the last two winters, where they've had to be confined to small spaces for such long periods, we have felt a little bit guilty in not being able to let them out. Added to that, of course, Roxy as well. I don't think she would play with the chickens nicely. So we decided to get the extension to this omelette go run. And this is basically an extra two meter by two meter run attached onto the end of this run, which just gives them a lot more space. We're really, really happy, but it did take me most of Thursday to build and get into place. Now this has all gone into the old meadow area, which we felt was a good place for the chickens. We felt that was just a bit of a dead space. The meadow seeds never really took, but we did have herb plants around the side, which luckily with this one have managed to stay there and will be staying there. So very, very happy with this run and this extension, and it's very, very secure. And if we have another lockdown, or flock down as it was called, this year, like I suspect we will, we feel a bit happier knowing they've got a bit more space. Now yesterday being Friday I was unfortunately called out so I didn't get any gardening done yesterday but today I have been pretty busy making the most of the time that I have. So I came out to the garden, didn't go down the allotment this morning because of work but I came out to the garden and I've sown some more peas. Now these peas have been sown in the Christmas dinner bed as well as a normal bed so the peas that are grown in the Christmas dinner bed will be harvested and put in the freezer ready for a Christmas dinner but the ones that come out of the normal bed will just be used as and when we need them. Now you may recall last week I mentioned that I moved some chard and that they were uh, needing a bit of care to get them established. Well, they seem to be picking up. They've taken a lot of water in to really get them to pick up. And unfortunately, when we were building the chicken run on Thursday, we did let the chickens have a bit of free range around the garden. 
and they did <laughs> dig them up a little bit. So they've had to sort of start re-establishing again. But they do seem to be taking hold now. They seem to be sort of lifting and not dying. So, so far, we're very happy with that. Now, I did have to move some of my plants that are in pots around. I have quite a few plants in pots that I've seen the patio and the balcony garden. They're staying there. But these are in other areas, particularly with perennial plants and flowers as well, just because I'm never sure where I really want them. And I don't want to plant them in somewhere where they're not going to stay. So I've put them in pots and just decided where they're going to go. But I've moved those to one side of the chicken run where I had a little bit of space. And this is particularly with old daffodils that were in pots that I figured we wait until they're there to one side and then in the winter we'll plant those into the ground so it's more about just using the space that I have and keeping things a little bit easier for myself this is not going to be a permanent place for them but it also gives me the chance just to assess what plants I have here and there throughout May we have been doing no mow May here at home where we have been um, not cutting our lawn and the lawn got quite lawn. This, the idea behind this is that you let all the wildflowers in the lawn grow and that encourages all the wild bees and things like that. So we didn't mow our lawn throughout May to give it a chance. But now May is over with. I've got to say, I was a bit glad to try and mow our lawn. Our lawn, it just never really felt like the wildflowers really got going. There was a definite improvement in the wild species that we were seeing, but it just never really, I felt, got going we went into Brighton uh, for work and as we we're driving around there we were seeing actually all the wildflowers come to life there and it made me realize just how different it really looked compared to home but now we've cut the grass I've used all those grass clippings to mulch my potatoes and various other pots as well uh, as well as some beds as well what I had left there's quite a bit of grass as you can imagine that was cut down so We've used that grass clippings anyway, and it's not gone to waste. If, if we didn't need it as a mulch, we'd use it in our compost heaps. Now, talking of compost heaps, I had to shred some branches as well. And these were branches that I took down over the winter and put to one side and never really got them round to shredding. So I pulled out my shredder and just run them through that. Now, I was thinking these wood chippings could go into the compost heap, which was my original idea. But actually, I figured they would be better used in the chicken coop so that they can act as something for the chickens to rummage around and give them a bit of entertainment, um, which I did. And it, it gave them, chickens have now got more space, but I think they're gonna need more entertainment as well. So that just seems like a good idea. Added to that as well, a very, very fast way I know of composting is to add all your compost material into a chicken run and let the chickens chop it up and add their own manures and things. Uh, to it which which produces compost really really fast you've got to get in there and dig it out of course but it's something that I'm looking to try and do a bit more so yes the shredded branches are now cleared and the garden now feels like we are a lot tidier I, I don't know what it is no mo may just made our garden feel a little bit untidy now I have noticed in the windowsill garden the tomatoes that we planted in there, the mini bell, small little tomatoes. We have actually got some good sized tomatoes appearing on those. So they are really well 
established and really off to a good start. And I don't think it'll be long before we are harvesting tomatoes from the windowsill garden. I think that just goes to show how much quicker plants will grow given the warmth and the right conditions, particularly on our, our windowsill. Well, that is what I've been up to today. But I have recently been having a question that from many, many people who are claiming that it's expensive to start gardening. And because of that, I've just prepared this little piece that has made me look at how expensive it really is to start gardening and what can we do to get things cheaper. Now recently I've had a few people come to me and say that it's too expensive to start gardening and growing their own foods and therefore they're not even going to bother. And to that I said well let's actually see if we can find ways of making it cheaper for you. So the first thing I, I worked out with this is where do we start when making things cheaper? First of all you need the growing space of course. We can't grow anything without any space. Now, of course, if you've got a garden, then that's easy. Dig up some some lawn, uh, dig over your flower beds or throw down compost, however you're going to do it. You've got the space there. If you don't have a garden, then perhaps you need to contact an allotment. That does cost money, of course. But it may not be as much money as you think. Uh, there's nothing I can do to help on that, of course. But then... Where else can we do? Now, as we know, with various gardens that I've set up, the patio garden, the balcony garden, the front garden, we rely a lot on pots and grow bags. Now, grow bags, they have gone up in price. There are a few bargains that you might be able to find if you scout around. But pots, where can we get pots from? Well, first of all, of course, you can have a look around friends family neighbours and see if they've got any that are going spare quite often I certainly have got a huge collection of pots some of which I should probably be getting rid of in not too distant future so you, that is one place that we could get some for free we could buy some brand new from a garden centre that might be expensive there are cheaper versions of the pots but generally they can be quite expensive Failing those two methods, then we have to look at second-hand places. Uh, of course, car boots, they are always selling some pots there in a car boot. can guarantee you can go there and find some. You can usually haggle a bit on the price just to get the uh, seller on side. But another place I've found to be very, very good, and I'm going to pull up on my phone right now, is Facebook Marketplace. And... I'm going to go into the categories. Uh, or actually, I'm going to search for garden pots. And what have we got here? So, yes, straight away, large collection of garden flower pots and trays for £6 for a job lot. So that, that's not too bad. They're not the most decorative things, but they will do. Quite often you can find them for free. I can't see any here for free, but there are some. Some are as low as £4, some might be a bit more. But it's somewhere to look for. Another place to look at, of course, is Free Cycle, which I've been told is still going. I haven't used that for a while myself, but again, that's something to think about. So we got our growing space sorted. I mentioned earlier compost. Now, of course, 
I always recommend that you make your own compost. You don't necessarily need a compost bin. You could make one out of three pallets and just use that. Uh, three pallets making a U-shape, that is. Or you could just heap up your compost material in a pile in order for it to rot down. So you don't necessarily need a bin. It helps, but you don't need a bin. Now, um, again, you might be able to find a compost bin for sale on Facebook Marketplace. That's another place to look. Or a car boot. Friends, family and neighbours might have some. Basically, a lot of options that I said for growing space. But that's not going to help if you need compost right now. So where can we get cheap compost from? Now, this is a bit of a tricky one. I firmly believe in buying good quality compost. The better quality compost, the better your plants are going to do. I'm a firm believer in being frugal, but never be cheap. So it, I want to buy the best compost I can possibly afford. You probably know, I won't mention the name today, but you know there's one brand that I would not buy the compost from anymore. But there's some very, very good compost brands on the market. But if you really can't afford it, again, have a word with friends, family and neighbours. They might have some that are going spare or find out from your local recycling centre. Quite often they sell garden waste compost uh, pretty cheaply. Now, I'm always a bit unsure about buying compost from a, a recycled centre purely because that garden waste might have things like weed killer pot into it. But if you've got no other option, chances are you're going to be okay. A lot of people do do it. And if you've got no other choice, then it can be a fairly cheap place to go. That's got a growing space sorted. The next thing we're going to need, of course, is tools. Now, I've made a list of the tools that I think we would need right from the beginning. Watering can, very important. A hoe very very important a spade a fork a trowel a rake a set of secateurs a pair of gardening gloves um, i think that is pretty much all that we need to get started a knife can always be handy but you might find a, a, a kitchen knife you can use or something like that just to try and save a few quid now again friends family members might have spare ones of these a garden centre will sell them brand new. Again, I believe in buying quality products. But some of my favourite tools have actually came from a car boot. These are some of the really old wooden handled garden tools, probably older than me, but they last and they only cost me a couple of quid from a car boot. Facebook Marketplace, FreeCycle or other places as well. I think Facebook Marketplace and FreeCycle is probably the most important place or the first place that, that we could be searching. eBay is another one as well, of course. Uh, a few places that we could look at for getting cheap tools. Now, the final thing, and I put this down as the final thing that we need to get started with gardening is plants. How can we get hold of cheap or free plants and this is actually probably the easiest one that we can get hold of pop to a garden center quite often they have a discount corner have a look and see what bargains are available there still costs money i hear you say but you can get a discount sometimes they need a bit of care a bit of tlc just to get them through but you'll be amazed just how little work that takes another place that we could look at getting free plants from friends family and neighbors again 
they and I'm quite guilty of this I sow too many plants and I end up giving some plants away or trying to do swaps as well that's always a good one trying to do swaps so, so I might swap a chili plant for a tomato plant and so on that really does work really really well and I think it is also a great way of sharing our plants quite often allotment tiers and allotment holders or just any gardeners are happy to swap plants as well especially if you've got something that they really really want and the same goes for seeds quite often you find that many gardeners are happy to swap or pass on seeds that they no longer need so I know I'm terrible for asking people things and it takes a lot of guts for me to ask anybody for anything but when you're desperate or you really want to do this, swallow your pride and do it. Another thing we can do is take cuttings. Friends, family, neighbours, they may have plants that you want to take a cutting of. Could be a raspberry plant, a apple tree or something like that. You don't need much in the way of special material. I recommend getting a nice loose compost such as seed compost or if you have a seed bed. And make sure it's always moist so the watering can is essential. Uh, but simply take a cutting drop it into some soil and keep it well moist and hopefully it will root. I recommend taking several cuttings and doing the best that you can with it. Quite often prunings are a good way for doing this. If somebody has something like a blackberry bush or a currant bush or a gooseberry bush, layering is another really good way of getting some extra plants. Now what I like to do when I layer is I take a branch and I feed that branch through the bottom of a plastic pot. And then I fill that plastic pot up with compost. And then I try and stick a cane into the ground and tie that pot to the cane just to take some of that weight off the branch. Then I'll leave that for about six months. And in that time, the rooting will have taken place. And then I just simply cut that branch just below the pot off the main plant off the main stem and there you go you've got a plant in a pot ready to go which is incredibly easy with plants that take layering and I've got to say it's probably easier than taking cuttings so there we go we have all these options on how to make gardening cheaper to start and these are the replies that I've sent to people that have came to me asking why gardening is too expensive or how they can make gardening cheaper for them to start I've always said if people are struggling then please do come and ask me and I will do my utmost to try and help and see what I can do. Even if I've got a plot of tools that I can send, seeds that I can send, I'm happy to help those who are in serious need. Right, let's get back to the gardening. It is Sunday the 5th of June 2022 today and you find me here on my allotment. Now I mentioned in yesterday's diary that I'm on call this weekend and typically as soon as I got into the allotment the phone went off and I've got to go off to work which is really annoying. I had a lot of plans that I wanted to do today and I don't have the time now. I'm going to go off to work and try and <laughs> try and find a time during the week to, to get everything else done I'm sure it won't be a problem as I've said time and time before by doing little and often I find that I do keep on top of it but there was a few tasks that I wanted to do so instead what I had to do was prioritize what really needed doing first thing I did straight into the greenhouse and watered everything in there now because we had rain overnight and we had rain the night before 
So outside, everything is fairly well watered. But of course, in a greenhouse, there is no supply of water. Uh, so I had to prioritise that. Watered that all straight away. A few cans of water, done. Bosh, done that job. I then moved outside and I had a few plants that I really needed to get into the ground. Mostly sweet corn and beans. And I brought those down with me. So I quickly went into the sweet corn bed and planted those. Again, these were grown in root trainers. So they were nice and easy just to pop out, dip a hole and straight in. And again, I gave them a good watering just to establish them. I probably didn't need to do that so much because it, the ground is quite wet now. But I always feel as part of the planting routine, it's good to water things straight away. Then I moved to the bean bed and again I planted out some French and runner beans just trying to get those in the ground so that they are taken care of. I do like my French and runner beans, particularly French beans more than anything and I just wanted to get those into the ground and done so again they were in the ground and watered in well. I then um, I planted out another pumpkin plant. I said last week that I'd lost a pumpkin plant. So I planted another one in a similar space. I've put a little pot next to it so I can water into that. It's going to be a bit tricky if it rains to try and stop rainwater landing on the stem. But luckily this pumpkin plant is a little bit bigger. Now what I've been doing when I've been weeding, as you know I've been saying that I've been potting all the weeds into a bed so that I can grow pumpkins in. Well I've started another little bed, this was originally a bed that I built as a bit of a cold frame but I've, I figured I don't really need a cold frame down here to be honest. So instead I'm using that deep bed and I'm throwing loads of compost material into there again in order that I can just then start planting out some courgette plants which I have brought down with me but the bed isn't quite ready for courgette plants just yet. Now I have got to admit I've started doing it this year this whole throwing weeds into a bed in order to use that as a growing media and I quite like it. I've got to say I quite like it. One it just puts all the weeds and the decomposing material into use. It fills up a bed nicely, it tidies things up but also when we plant plants into it they're using all those nutrients as and when they need them. So I'm, I'm quite a big fan of it this year. Of course the results are where it's going to really matter. But once this bed is filled, which won't take long, I will then plant out probably courgettes, maybe some butternut squashes as well. But basically I'm just going to be using this to a lot of use in order to make use of this waste material. As you know, I've always planted pumpkins in my compost peeps. And that's always worked really, really well as a great way of growing pumpkins. The trouble being that when I need the compost and there's pumpkins growing in there, I can't access the compost. So it's a bit of a tricky one to figure the best route out. But I'm happy with what I'm doing using this system. I think there is a term for it called hot beds where we could put a lid over the top and the heat from the decomposing material helps warm things up and that might be what I end up doing in the future as well. It's all a lot of plans that I have in place. Well I better get off to work now unfortunately. I've cut my time quite significantly on the allotment this week and that was annoying that two extra days off and I haven't managed to get down here anywhere near as much as I would have liked. But what I thought I'll talk to you about now is how I tend to prioritise work 
that I have to do over work that doesn't need doing. One of the problems with being on call is that I may have to drop what I'm doing at the touch of a hat, as I've just experienced earlier on in this podcast. It's really frustrating, but it does mean that I do have to prioritise what I do when I'm on call. And in fact, I would actually say that this is my priority system that I do whenever I'm tackling any tasks on the allotment. So, Where do I start? I'm a big fan of writing to-do lists and I'm always writing to-do lists. It's it just helps for me get mentally my head into a frame where I know what I need to do and why I need to do it. It I don't know I can't explain it just for me it works better than anything else. Now I write to-do lists on pieces of paper um, although my preferred thing that I like to do is a whiteboard and I'm a big fan of whiteboards because they're so easy to rub things out etc etc anyway don't need to preach on about that sort of thing but when it comes to prioritizing what jobs I need to do I have a four priority system now these are listed from one to four Uh, number one top of the priority and these are tasks that if i don't tackle right away something will die these always go to the first top priority and pretty much take over anything else so for example if i have a sick chicken or a sick quail that needs action right away if i have a plant that in in a greenhouse and i haven't watered it for a few days and it's gonna die if i don't give it any water that's going to take priority, that's going to need watering. You get the idea, it's basically if I don't take action, that is going to die and that is not what I want. Now number two on my list is where something might get worse if I don't take action. Now what I mean by that, let's say I've got a a tree in a pot that needs to go in the ground and all the time it is in the pot it's it's growing away, but it is getting a bit pot-bound. Now, we don't want plants getting pot-bound because when they do go in the ground, they struggle to find any water. So what we've got to then do is get that in the ground as a second priority. Now, this isn't as important as something will die because it may be okay for a few weeks, but it's best to get it done sooner rather than later. So anything that might get worse, that is my second priority. Another example would be, as I've done on the weekend, getting my sweet corn plants into the ground. They were in pots. They would have probably been okay in pots, but they will do better in the ground and they should be quite a high priority. So there we go. Another thing that we've done. Third on my list is something that I might get told off for. So, for example, we get allotment inspections quite regularly on our plot. And if the weeds are a bit too high or there's too many flowers on the weeds, then we might get a telling off. And then we've got four weeks in which to rectify it. Now, I'm a believer that it's always far best to try and stop it from happening. Not always that easy. But we've got to try and stop it from happening. So that falls down onto the third of my priority list. And then finally, it's just everything else. Now, these are the tasks that can be done when and where. But 
we've got to do them at some point. They're bottom of my list. Now, an example of this might be something like, I don't know, I need to build a new bed over the winter. That's bottom of my list. Just need to get everything ready for it. Or another example, that's probably a poor example, a tree that needs pruning or the grass being cut. These are not priority jobs, but they can be done a bit later on or as and when I get round to them. Now, of course, all these as we go on throughout the season. So edit something in number four, for example, if the grass gets a bit too long and I haven't cut the grass, that then might jump up to number three. And that's where I might get told off. And then if I get the telling off, then that jumps up to number two. So I've got to prioritise it. And then effectively, in that fourth week before we get our, our four week notice up, with something I might lose the allotment, then that's priority one. That's got to take action there. You get the idea. It's very much about prioritising what needs doing and what can hold off for a little bit longer. And that's what I tend to do with my allotment, with my garden, in particular when I am on call. Right, well, I hope... That has made some sense to you and hopefully that's helped you. If you've got a way that you prioritise tasks when you are a little bit busy, please do share with me your system on it. Right, back to the gardening. It is Monday the 6th of June 2022 today and you find me in my kitchen. We are finishing every podcast every diary excerpt on the podcast on a Monday with some cheap meals that we have been cooking. And today's meal is actually really cheap because it used leftovers. Yesterday, my wife very kindly cooked us a roast pork dinner. We had a bit of pork left over, which I've diced and then I've chopped up an onion and sautéed that in a pan. The onion came from the allotment. I managed to pop to the allotment earlier and get some onions and potatoes. Sautéed the onions, added in a bit of cream and a bit of Worcestershire sauce and Tabasco sauce. Gave it a good mix. And then I added in the pork and some diced onions, peas and carrots. Basically a lot of our leftover veg from yesterday. And then I've given it a really good mix and then just cooked it on a low heat till, till it sort of bubbles after about 10 minutes. And then once that was like that, I've seasoned it, added a bit of chopped parsley straight out of the garden. And there we go. We have got what is called a leftover pork and potato hash. Absolutely delicious. Really great way to finish off some leftover food. And um, more importantly, cheap as anything. I'm a big believer in not wasting anything, as anybody will tell you. And we do eat a lot of leftover food in various ways and we're always looking for something a bit imaginative that we can use it in and this hash is absolutely delicious so very very pleased with that to say the least well that brings us up to the end of this week's podcast i will add a link for this recipe if you want to find that out which you can find at the veggrowerpodcast.co UK. While you're at the vegegrowerpodcast.co.uk, you can leave a comment on the bottom of a blog or you can leave a voicemail. And it's always great to get voicemails because then I can play them in on a f- future episode. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, then perhaps you would leave us a review on your uh, podcast app. It really does help get us found a lot better. So really could do with some reviews, if at all possible. Alternatively, if you really have enjoyed and you've got something out of these podcasts, then perhaps you become a member of our supporters club. I charge £5 a month for our supporters club and for that you get extra behind the scenes podcasts, access to a members area on the website and seeds sent through your door every month which can be sown in that very month. I think it's great value, I'll be honest, um, but more importantly, it helps me keep the podcast running and moving forward, which is ultimately what we want to do. So again, details for that are at the vegpodcast.co.uk. Now finally, don't forget to like us on our, any social media, like, follow, subscribe, etc, etc. And as I said last week, we also have a Facebook group where there's a lot of chat going on and uh, it'd be great to see you there as well we will be back again next week so until then please take care